place. We confess and we long for it, Lord, that we need you. Lord, I pray now as we open your word that we might be convinced of your faithfulness. I might be amazed at how complete and detailed and awesome you are in caring for us, us personally, Lord. Thank you for what you've done in Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're continuing today in Joshua, and if you'd like to turn to where we're going to be, it's Joshua chapter 12. It says 10 and 11, but it's 12. Have you ever seen, it's the electronic age now, have you ever seen the list apps that are out there? My favorite's called Wonderlist. It's really nice. It's a to-do app you can do. But and just about everybody has a Microsoft has one that's called To-Do. Uh, I think Apple has one called Reminders. I don't know if you've ever used that. Evernote, uh, Google Tasks, or Calendar. I use these to plan out my week. Actually, I, I gotta confess, I kinda use paper. Is that bad? I'm old school. Little post-it notes work awesome. They kinda take the place of these electronic things, but, but electronic things are fun, but I still make the little notes and I sometimes put little boxes. Do you ever do that and check them off as they go or line them out or erase them or whatever it is because it's nice to accomplish stuff. I got a honey-do list at home. I shouldn't say honey. My, my honey, my dear wife, she doesn't come up and say, Dax, do these 20 things. But I make a list, and it just always seems to keep going. There's always stuff to do. <sighs> it's one of the things we've done for our kids. You know, Now they have a birthday list. Now they say they want something. They say, okay, put it on the list. <laughs> Some of the things that are on the list I'll never get. The phone. <laughs> They're not old enough. Lists, you know, we use them. We use them all the time. And, and actually, we hit one this morning. We hit a list. And my goal for you, so you know, coming in, what I'm hoping that you do today. I'm hoping you go home and you'll take 10 to 15 minutes and make a list. Seahawks game is until tonight. You've got lots of time. But if you would make a particular kind of list, one that we see in Joshua, one that we don't usually do, it's not a to-do list. It's a done list. And we get to see one today, and I want to show you it from the text, and, and, and it's about this list. So turn with me. Let's look. It's Joshua chapter 12. We'll start in chapter 12, verse 1, and we'll go to the end of the chapter. But these are difficult passages sometimes. They seem not to be have any input for our lives. And yet, if we'll take a step back, we'll see that the end of First Timothy is true. Every word of God is useful for us for exhortation, for instruction. And so we get to see, this one is first a list of one story. It starts off in, in verse 1 with this. Now these are the kings. Okay, now before we even start, realize we've come in from chapter 11. At the end of chapter 11, we're done with the conquest. It says the land had rest from war. It's kind of the, the, what, what God did in giving the land to his people is summarized there. And now, right now, chapter 12, right here, we're right in the middle of Joshua. We're going to turn, and for chapter after chapter, it's going to be about what God gives his people. And, and we've just come from what God has done for his people. And right here in the middle is this extensive list. 
Now these are the kings, it says, of the land whom the people of Israel defeated and took possession of their land beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. From the valley of the Arnon to Mount Hermon, with all the Arabah eastward. Okay, so we're looking now at outside of Israel. And it's these kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon and ruled from Aror, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, and from the middle of the valley as far as the river Jabbok, the boundary of the Ammonites, that is, half of Gilead. And the Arabah to the Sea of Chinneroth, eastward in the direction of Beth Jeshemoth, to the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, southward to the foot of the slopes of Pisgah. So it's this middle area. If you just take Israel and you go out to about east from Jerusalem, there's this outside of Israel, this area right there. And then, and then he talks about the north. And Og, king of Bashan, one of the remnant of the Rephaim, who lived at Ashtaroth and at Edrai and ruled over Mount Hermon and Salakah and all Bashan, to the boundary of the Geshurites and the Maakathites, and over half of Gilead, to the boundary of Sihon, king of Heshbon. Moses, the servant of Yahweh, and the people of Israel defeated them. And Moses, the servant of Yahweh, gave their land for a possession to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Okay, it's pretty exciting Sunday morning. You're glazing already. All these places you don't know. I mean, even if you've taken a trip to Israel and you've been to Mount Hermon or you've been to some of these places, I mean, east of the Arba, all these places start to blend in your mind because they're not familiar to us and they're not important to us at all. How does this connect to my life? Well, let me say this. We're not at the list yet. This is all preparatory for the list. This is all, there's this list coming that, of what God's done here with Joshua. And, and first we have these two kings, just a couple and it's reflecting back from Numbers, right? And, and really, these are the kings where, where when the people of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, having been re rejected and not coming into the Promised Land, they wandered around, and two of the kings that they ran into, who wouldn't let them through their lands, who were against them, who they had to fight, were these two kings. And under Moses, they, they did that, and they beat them. And, 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 and the, the lands that they had, these two and a half tribes said, hey, we're kind of cattle farmers, we... We like this land. When we go into the promised land, we know that's the promised land. That's, that's fantastic. But we want this land out here. Is that okay? And it was okay. They just had to promise they'd come with their brothers to fight in the promised land. So, so this whole piece is about that land and those pieces. And I just want to say that because of this for you and me. These lists we're talking about, these things happened three thousand years ago. Think about it. I can barely remember American history. And it's 300 years ago. I can get taught about the Middle Ages. But to think about we're considering historical events that happened 3,000 years ago. And here we have these two kings about how, what's going on? Why is this here like this? And I think what's happening is we get to see this morning as we consider what happened in the the promised land, we also see that God is working all through the whole thing and all through the world. And the world includes you and the world includes me. That starting with Adam and Eve, who God created, 
and going through Abraham and going through Joseph and taking his people and making them all the way through. God's had a plan and he's, and he's gone through all the way and he's at work. There's nowhere that's going to be safe from the work of God. Nowhere. We're connected. It's amazing. It's, it's not just about geographic Israel 3,000 years ago. It's about God's plan from the beginning and what God has done already for his people. He took care of them. These kings outside the land, they're not safe either. There's not some enclave at Jerusalem where we need to move there or do a, a Mecca kind of thing. God's at work. And, and the other thing is this. As we start to read, yeah, there were battles, there were battles. Moses, look at these two kings. Moses was amazing. But now we're going to talk about under Joshua. And from the very beginning of Joshua, I hope you've seen this as we've gone through, we've had a particular heart for Joshua because his name is the same as our Jesus. It's not the same man, but he points toward it, huh? Moses was strong. Moses was amazing. Moses was a servant of God. Jesus is a greater Moses. But I'll tell you what, Joshua was so much greater in how he had victory. Joshua's story connects to us because of Jesus. And, and, and so I, even as we start, we're getting ready to go into this list. We go, wow, Moses did some really amazing things. God conquered peoples and kings and powers and principalities outside of the promised land. There's a connection all the way through history in these things. And once you're standing there saying, yeah, okay, Dax, that's fine. You're ready for the list. Here it is. There's a list to make you and me pause. That's what this is this morning. Because he goes in verse 7 and says this, And these are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the people of Israel defeated on the west side of the Jordan. This is the promised land. From Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak and rises towards Seir. And Joshua gave their land to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their allotments in the hill country, in the lowland, in the Arabah, in the slopes, in the wilderness, and in the Negev, the land of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Okay, that list has more meaning to me now. Because I know this is the area that the Amorites were in. And then these Amalekites, these giants, God took it for them. And then he says this. The king of Jericho, remember him? One. The king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, one. No mention of what actually happened at Ai. You remember that, right? They ran for their lives. They messed up. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Jarmuth, one. The king of Lachish, one. The king of Eglon, one. The king of Gezer, one. The king of Debir, one. The king of Gator. One. Who are these people? Why are we sitting here reading it? Do you start to feel it? Do you start to feel this list? Do you start to feel the check happening each time? Do you start to feel as we read each name and there's one of them that we're doing this? 
This one. This one. In fact, do it with me as we read. And not, not the sign, although I'm sure you can do that really well. Read just the one. I won't make you pronounce all these names of these places. But say the one with me. The king of Hormah, one. The king of Arad, one. The king of Libna, one. The king of Adullam, one. The king of Machedah, one. The king of Bethel, one. The king of Tapua, one. The king of Hefer, one. The king of Aphek, one. The king of Lasharon, one. No, we're not done. The king of Madon, one. The king of Hazor, one. The king of Shimron Miron, one. The king of Akshpaf, one. The king of Ta'anak, one. The king of Megiddo, one. The king of Kadesh, one. The king of Jokneam and Carmel, one. The king of Dor and Naphath Dor, one. The king of Goim and Galilee, one. The king of Terzah, one. In all, 31 kings. That's the list. It's not how great Moses was with a couple kings up there. He did great. There's fantastic. The Lord was good. But 31 kings. God did. Through Joshua. At this point you could say, well, okay, I want to look up where these places are. I want to get into those things. That's all fantastic. And in fact, many of these will touch as we go through the giving of the land, which we get to do. That's not the point of today. I don't think it's even the point of the list. Even though it might be that someone originally listening to this said, hey, Galilee, I'm from Galilee, and this king was from Galilee. That's okay. But you have to feel, I hope you feel, he doesn't say. He could have said. It would have had the same meaning. Joshua conquered through God, the people of Israel, 31 kings, stop. He took all the land. Instead, what did he just make us do? He made us take a step back and list. What does a list do like that? What does it actually do to you as you do it? I'll tell you what it does. It makes you pause. It makes you reflect. We are not a reflective people. But a list like this makes us all step back and think, what has God done. It, it forces us to stop. It forces us to reflect that we don't do this very well. We don't stop and consider what God has accomplished. Not, not, not what he will do, but what he has done. And if we're not careful, if you're like me, and you like lists, you will make list after list, and they will all be about one thing. What you need to do. That's not wrong. There's much to do. But here is a list we so rarely do. What was done? This is a done list. I wish, I wish my kids would do this, you know. My, my wife, she gets up so early in the morning and she, she, she 
gets breakfast ready for them. She makes their lunch. They get individual little treats and bags, you know. She does that all for them. And, and, and she, she takes care of them and she drives them to school and she, she checks in on their teachers and she does these things for them and she just makes sure they're so taken care of. She's at home washing their clothes. I fixed the dryer, but I'm not a good washer. And the kids get home and they say something like, I'm hungry, where's dinner? It's okay. But once in a while I said, man, I wish they would stop and reflect on all the things mom does for them. Not just, oh, 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 mom does great stuff for us. Yeah, dad, I get it. And run off to their next thing. But actually step back and say, okay, have you reflected on what's been done? What a different perspective we would have in our lives if we would stop and reflect on the individual grainy, like detailed things that, that are done for us by our God. And, and I think that's what it is. You could have just said 31 kings were defeated. Instead, it's the king of Jericho won. It's the king of Ai won. It's the king of Jerusalem won. We're not even given their names. It's not about the name. It's about the God. So, so, so this, is, this is really all I want us to do today. This is my, my, my heart for you and I today, is that you and I would, would step back and we would say, okay, I get it. I, I see that in the Scriptures, in the very middle of this book, in, in what, what is accomplished with all the, the giving of the land is coming in terms of the specifics, but in the middle right here, there's this pause and reflect. Look at what God has done. When you start to tally it up, it's absolutely incredible. And I wonder if you know that for your life. I wonder if you start to stop and think with me about what the list might be for you today. More than this, more than this, because you'll say this easily with me. I'm saved by Jesus. Isn't that fantastic? I'm saved by Jesus. That's so amazing and cool. Can you unpack it? Can you step back and think on it? Can you get granular? Can you make a 31-point list? Can you do it? Can I do it? Now, 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 now do this. If you're going to do it, you have to, you have to separate out, right, this, this, this line between, between what God has done and His blessings. To some degree. I mean, some of his blessings go into the past. That's true. But normally, normally what I do is I'm constantly looking ahead towards what I hope God does for me. I'm looking at the to-do list. Man, I hope God takes care of me as I get older and I don't get sick. Man, I hope God heals my dad. Oh, how I pray that, that my wife and I might maintain unity and closeness as we get older and our kids get older. Oh, my heart is the Lord to bless my kids and they grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Those are all, I could put them on a list. None of them would be about what God has done. They would be about my hope for blessings that, that wait. Or, I'm thinking this way, because of what he has done. See, what he has done influences what I think about what he will do. So if I get the has done right, this is why the Bible, a lot of times you see this, you'll see the indicative before the imperative, because the indicative a lot of times is the reality of what God has done. And out of that flows anything that we're going to do. (laughs) 
We read Psalm 103. This is really wonderful. I mean, look what it says. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And I'd say, that's fantastic, but I don't know that that gets towards this to-do list. Those are wonderful things you should dwell on. Look at what God does for me right now. My question is, why is he doing them for you? What has he done? Because that's your done list. This amazing life that you get to experience now, that he forgives all my iniquities, that he, he heals my diseases, that he satisfies me with good. These are things my God does for me every single day, and I love it, but they are not done. What's done? What can you check off? What is it? Well, he saved me. Yes, he did. What is that? What is it? What is our Joshua 1 to 11? What, what, what are those things that we're thinking of? Let me put up a scripture and give a suggestion. Start to think about it with you. Realize what we're trying to do. I'm trying to have you think with me of what it means that you and I can say, this is what God has done for me. And you can get physical about it. It's okay. You've been making a list. You want to make a list? Get to it. Hey, the Lord delivered me out of this thing. That's fantastic. I was in drugs. I was in alcohol. The Lord delivered me. That is so amazingly cool. List it. Fantastic. That's personal to you. It's not the same for every person. But it's real. It's physical. The Lord saved my life when I was in a car accident. And, 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 and boy, I, I did. I was on the, driving on the freeway and I was driving 60. Five, I was the speed limit. I was in the fast lane. I didn't see that the, the cars ahead of me around the bend had stopped. It was in San Francisco in the 1990s. My parents, bless their heart, had bought me this really large Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme or something. So they were the hand by which God saved my life because that car was big. Because I came around that bend in the freeway and I, 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 I slammed into the truck that was in front of me. I was probably still, there weren't airbags in those days. There probably were, I didn't have them. And it slammed into that truck, and that, the, the truck went into my engine there and, and went through, and I was going super fast. I started to brake at the end. I don't know exactly how fast I was going when I hit, but that whole front of the car got crumpled in. I walked away. I have no neck pain, no back pain, no any pain. Do I deserve it? No. No. That night it was kind of misty and rainy. San Francisco's that way. I should have been driving way slower. God's so good to me. He did that for me. He wasn't done for me, with me, right? I mean, here I am. So, so it's a physical thing that's specific to me. And I want to write it down because God did that. And it's, check, one of those, saved my life on the freeway. Check, man. I can say it. I can say it with you. And then I believe it. You've got those, right? You've got those. Will you step back where you start thinking about how your life has been preserved, how God has been kind to you? Just, just daily grace is so amazing. But there's this specific thing that I'm hoping you do too. Because our Joshua 1 to 11 is not really about that. Oh, it's amazing. I think it's about this 1 Corinthians passage. 
Because in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes, For I did deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Jesus Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. That He was buried. That He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. That He appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. What is this? This is why I stand and proclaim to you the gospel. This is why you and I stand up and we say, hey, I can't stop talking about Jesus because this is what Jesus did. It's not what he's going to do. It's not what's coming. It's not the blessings that come out of this. It's what he did and it's over. Check. What did he do? He bled and he died for me. Check. He experienced death that I might experience Life. Check. Jesus Christ has conquered, you know, my Joshua. He's conquered these principalities and powers on on my behalf. Check. But he's done more. It's not my goodness, you know. Jesus has conquered the rebellion of my heart check. He's, he, he, he's, he's conquered my blindness to the truth. I was so set on achievement and advancement and, and climbing and doing and there I was. I was straight on a road away from the gospel and, and he opened my eyes. Check. My pride that I admit that I need a savior. He, he did that. Check. My, my self-righteous efforts to, to save myself. He conquered that. Check. He, he conquered the law. He conquered the law that condemns me. The law says, Dax, you're not it. And Jesus comes and says, Hey, 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 I'm going to take you from that. And I'm going to nail that to the cross. Check. My slavery to sin has been not will be, has been conquered. The guilt and shame of my sin has been removed. Not will be someday, not someday I'll be out of guilt and shame. No, no, it's done. It's finished. Check. Jesus conquered it all, you know, my self-righteousness, my self-condemnation, my self-loathing, my self-indulgence, my, my the fear that I otherwise would live under all the time. I can, I, I can write it out if I want to. And something way greater, even from Joshua, as you think about these 31 kings, and it's how God took his people and he gave the land to them. Where am I in this picture? If I'm anywhere where I am, I'm out of the land of Israel, somewhere in another place. All my ancestors are not from this land. But if anywhere, they'd be the Canaanites, the Gentiles. Some of you may have an ethnic history of belonging to Israel or Jewish or those sorts of things. I have no such thing. I am from a land against God. I am from a people against God. I have no hope in the world. And yet I stand before you with hope. Why? Not because of what God will do. Because of what He's done. Jesus Christ on the cross that broke down the wall that was between the, 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 the Jew and the Gentile, that broke down this, this, this barrier that I, I couldn't get in. I could never come before a holy God. I could never come right into his presence. I couldn't. But because of what Jesus Christ has done, ah, now I can. 
now we have this church, this church where we come and we worship, where we sing these beautiful songs this morning, and we get to harmonize, we get to think about the wonders of our Savior. Why? Because of what He's done. Because of what He's accomplished. And perhaps this morning, you might say, but Dax, even as King's List, those are about things they could see. I can't see this stuff. And I'm like, you're so right. And this is why it's important. Because of a verse like 1 John 5 that says this. It says, for everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. That's amazing. I better make a to-do list. No. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our trust. What's our trust in? What is it? What's this trust? What's this trust of stuff I can't see? Because that's what faith is. It's stuff I can't see. It's, it, it's things that, that I can't comprehend with my eyes, with my fingers touching. You know, i got to trust it. What am I trusting? I'm trusting what God has done. Oh, I'm trusting His promises of what will come. I am. Second Peter is clear. But I stand on my trust and faith and belief, however you want to say that, in what he's already accomplished. He's done it, you know. And as I dwell there, and as I make my list, and as I go those things, and as I go forward, I start to think, and I, I, and I get, and I am in this spot where it changes everything about how I think. I can't look at you the same way if I know that Jesus Christ has done it for you. Can't look at myself the same way if I know that he's done it for me. Done it, done everything, done salvation, done adoption, done reconciliation, done justification, done sanctification, all these words, regeneration. You, you can keep naming them, but they're fantastic, and he's done them all for me. <laughs> this is the victory, that we believe what Jesus has done. And it will change how you think about what happens every day. When your baby cries, when your job's long, when the habits are slow to die, when you don't accomplish, when you fail. Jesus has done it all. We come back to it. So here's my thing for you and I, is, is I want you today, if you can, take 10 minutes, take 15 minutes, take an hour, take some time. I'm getting you out of church a few minutes early. You have plenty of time. Take some time today and make a list. Go ahead, do it. Don't make it a to-do list. I don't want you listing out the things that you need to work on. You may have many of those things. That's okay. I want you to make a done list. I want you to make a done list about what Jesus Christ has done, what God in your Joshua has done for you. Make it specific about specific events if you know those things. Make it theological about what Jesus is. Get out your dictionary. Get out the big word list. Get out the regeneration, sanctification. Get out those big words. Lay them out. If they have meaning for you. A done list. What has God done for you, really? Is that something you stand on? Can you stand on it today? I think you can. And if you want to, you can even write it this way. Comma, one. Check them off. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this passage. I know it's, it's one that has difficulty for us in its 
lack of relevance to us today, Lord. Forgive me, Father. Forgive me that sometimes I don't think about how every scripture is helpful to me. And I thank you for this one. I thank you for a list that we get to consider, that we get to step back and think about it. Thank you that, Lord, we, we have a done list that you've done for us. So grateful, Lord, for all of your doing accomplished for me personally, for us corporately, for this church. Father, I pray we might reflect on it today. You might draw into our hearts, open our eyes to the many ways that you have cared for us, that you have protected us, that you continue to keep us for heaven. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, would you... Would